This is your ultimate stop for everything sports. The Golden State Media Concepts Sports Podcast. Should I say more? From the NFL, MLB, the NBA, to MMA. It's all in here. The Golden State Media Concepts Sports Podcast. Listen now. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the GSMC Sports Podcast, which is brought to you by the GSMC Podcast Network. Um, I'm your host, as always, Kayvon Izami. Uh, really excited uh, starting off the show tonight with a guest. We're having on Greg Swartz here. Uh, Greg Swartz, great writer, NBA writer for Bleacher Report, does a fantastic job. Go check him out on Twitter. That's at Greg Swartz BR. Um, definitely worth the follow. A lot of great content. Um, it's it's obviously been a very big topic of conversation. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Some people are still trying to figure it out. Um, what are your thoughts on the play-in tournament? And I know it's it's the first time, and it was just two games, but after seeing what was last night, which let, let's be real about it, was not good basketball. It was two pretty bad games. Does that change your opinion at all? Do you like the playing tournament? Do you want to see the NBA keep it going? Um, just give us your thoughts on the playing tournament as we started off here. Yeah, in terms of quality of games, I think the first two were kind of a flop, but I mean, that's just two. You know, I'm sure we'll see more. Um, competitive games in the future. I think it's great. Um, I think it's added a lot of excitement towards the end of the season. You know, certainly once you get into, um, you know, post-trade deadline, and a lot of teams that, you know, are kind of fading towards the end, um, you know, they, they don't have a whole lot to play for and, except for a draft pick. So, you know, I, I think if you look at a team like Washington, I think that's the poster child for why this has been successful because you know the wizards were one of the the bottom three teams in the east for so long and you know it looked like well they didn't have a whole lot to play for and then you know they they have that kind of northern light that oh well we only have to get them in the top 10 so you know being able to do that and working their way all the way up to eight you know for a team that got hit by covid and started out slow you know that the playing tournament may have very well prevented them from tanking and you know, resting guys like Russ and, and, and Bradley Beal, obviously, was hurt at the end, but, you know, kind of their stars, you know, were playing when they were healthy. So, and, and they were rewarded for it. So, I, I think it's been great for the league. I think it's added a lot of excitement. The only really tanking you hear is from, or tanking talk you hear is from, like, the very, very bottom seeds, you know, like the Houston, Minnesota, Detroit, Orlando, Cleveland, OKC. Um, so, if, if you can reduce tanking talk, to like six teams out of 30, that's pretty good <laughs> because before it was, it was a lot more than that. So the fact that, you know, we were talking about, you know, up until the very last game of the season, seeding, who is going to get the top six, who is going to fall to seven and eight, who is going to get those last two spots to nine and ten, it, it added a lot of excitement towards the end of the year. 
And I think that's what Adam Silver and the league want. They want that excitement. And then obviously you get a matchup like, you know, LeBron versus Steph Curry in a playing game. Um, you're going to get some really good ratings there as well. Without a doubt. And, and I think you hit it on the head, the, the whole idea to try and limit tanking as much as possible. And, and Washington was a great example that you used there. It, it gave them life. It gave them a, a purpose to really go for it. And, and I, I, I agree. I'm with you. I love it. And, and speaking of that game tonight, which... The, the league did luck out. Look, we don't know how many years, how many times we're going to get something like this in a, in a playing game, but it's going to be phenomenal. I mean, the, the ratings might be higher than any other first-round game that we see. Um, in your opinion with the Lakers, we, we know what's going on, the, the injuries, that their season's been derailed, AD, LeBron hurt, Schroeder out for some games. Um, with them now getting healthy, even though they're the seventh seed, even though if they, if they win, they're the seventh, or if they win the next night, they're the eighth, um, if they do make it into the playoffs, are they still, in your eyes, the team to beat in the West right now as long as they win and, and get into the playoffs here? Or are you a little bit hesitant because of the injuries and you like someone else moving forward? It, I mean, it, it is completely dependent on LeBron's ankle. Mm -hmm. that, that's what all of this comes down to. If LeBron's ankle is good to go, it doesn't give out on him. Um, he can play 35, 40 minutes a night on there with very limited restrictions. Um, you know, you have a healthy Anthony Davis. Uh, I still would take the Lakers over any other team. And maybe that's because I'm from northern Ohio. Um, I, I covered the LeBron teams up close uh, when he was here the last four years. I, I covered him in the finals. Um, you know, just seeing him up close and just the way that he takes care of his body and prepares and um, I mean, this guy has never missed a playoff game, ever. I mean, just incredible durability. So you know he's going to do everything he possibly can to be out there. Um, the last year he was here in Cleveland, you know, the Cavs, they had a, they had a miserable regular season. Uh, they flipped the roster. They fell to the number four seed. And he said all year long he did not care what seed they got. He said, just get me to the playoffs. You know, let's get everybody healthy, and, and I feel like we have as good a chance as anybody. Um, and I think if they get the seventh seed, I feel pretty good about their chances. I, I, I Nothing against Phoenix, but I think Utah at their best is on a different level still from Phoenix, especially when you talk postseason where, you know, you have all these jazz guys that, that, that have played and gotten that postseason experience. makes you really only have one. You know, you have, you have Chris Paul. Everybody else has not taken their lumps in the playoffs yet. So if the Lakers win, they beat Gold State, they get that seventh seed, they get Phoenix in the first round, I think it's a really good matchup for them just because of that inexperience. And then I think you're going to see that story flip real quick between, well, the Lakers, you know, they snuck into the playoffs and they were the seventh seed or the eighth seed or whatever they were. And then all of a sudden, you know, if they get Phoenix in the first round and they knock them out or in four games or five games, LeBron's ankle looks good, all of a sudden everybody is going to jump back on that Lakers bandwagon that was off. Because if you have a healthy LeBron in the playoffs and you give him a talent like Anthony Davis, I'm still taking them over every other team if that ankle is healthy from LeBron. Yeah, it's it's really remarkable how he has not missed a, a playoff game. And 
watching him and covering him up in person like you did. I, I can't even imagine what that was like. And so I completely agree because I think AD is a, a huge mismatch and he is a bigger mismatch when LeBron is obviously out there facilitating and doing everything he can. LeBron is going to be the engine for, for what the Lakers do. Let, let's look at the other team in LA. There's a lot of talk about the Clippers tanking the last two games so that they could dodge the Lakers. Um, I, I don't know if you buy into that at all, but I just, uh, as a whole, to me, the Clippers aren't getting as much talk when it comes to teams with pressure. Um, I, I think because of how the team was constructed, getting rid of some guys like Shea Alexander, um, you know, bringing in Paul George and Kawhi the first season, there was a lot of talk of them getting special treatment. They blew that terrible lead 3-1. They've never made a conference final. Their owner, he is, you know, he's very rich. He's, he wants to win. I, I just think that this is a huge year for the Clippers to at least, at the very least, make the conference finals, if not even the NBA finals, and if not, we could maybe see something happen with this team. What are your thoughts on the Clippers as a whole? Do you think they have a shot to make a deep run? Do you like their roster? Do you think they're not getting talked about enough? How? Just tell us what you think about the Clippers as we head into the playoffs. Yeah, I think I think the Clippers have kind of flown under the radar just because you've got teams, you know, like the Jazz and the Suns that have done so well, and then you know everybody's focusing on the Lakers and where they were going to end up in the playoff standings. The Clippers have kind of been quiet, and they fall into that four seed. They're going to get Dallas in the first round again. Um, I'll I'll say this, um, you know, going back to just my personal experience, um, Ty Lue, obviously the the Cavaliers coach. Uh, half seasons, you know, won the championship for him. Ty Lue, a excellent playoff coach. I, I did not always like what he did in the regular season. I didn't always like his rotations. Um, but he is an excellent uh, uh, game prep um, after timeout guy. He is tremendous with his star players, the way he challenged LeBron when he was here. Um, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a great story about, you know, it's Game 7 of the 2016 NBA Finals. LeBron's giving it all he's got. They get to halftime in the locker room, and, like, Ty Lue is, like, calling out LeBron, saying, you need to be better, you need to give me more. And he's basically, like, just kicking LeBron off and just getting him to that next level. Like, how many wow. coaches would have the guts to do that at, at, at that stage in that moment? And, you know, that's... He may have to do that at times with, with Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. Be like, look, you know, you had, you had 20 points in the first half. I need more. You had 25 points and 10 boards in the first half. I need more. Like, he is just an excellent motivator. And you give him, you know, a game or a day or two off in between these games, he can correct a lot of the mistakes, you know, that they made the previous game. I'm, I'm a big Ty Lue fan just from his time um, in Cleveland and covering him. And I, I think that they are going to beat Dallas. I think. You know, it's going to be a good series, and obviously it was a good series last year going to six games when they played. Um, and I just think, again, health is always a big thing, mm -hmm. but you have a guy in, in Kawhi that's proven he could be the number one guy on a championship team. I think Paul George, you know, as, as rough of a time as he had in the playoffs last year, I thought he really responded well this year, and he can absolutely be, you know, the best number two guy, him and Anthony Davis, probably the best number two guys in the entire league. Um, I, I think the Clippers have the talent 
to win the championship. I, I would put him right up there if LeBron's you know ankle doesn't hold up um, because I believe in Ty Lue and I believe in that roster. Um, and you know, you, you, I think he's gotten a lot of flack for you know trying to duck the Lakers or whatever. But he was honest when he said, "Look, that if you look at my track record, that that's what we did in Cleveland. You know, the last couple of days of the regular season, we did rest guys. Um, the one exception being in the 2017-18 season." Uh, LeBron had played all 81 games up to that point. He wanted to play game 82, for, to play all 82 for the first time in his career. And Ty Lue was not going to tell him no um, at that point. So um, uh, Ty Lue has lied to the media when I've been in the room many times about things. Um, he usually tips it pretty well. Uh, I, I think he was telling the truth this time, and, and his Clippers are certainly as talented as, as any team in the league when, when fully healthy. That, that is an awesome story uh, about Ty Lue going up to LeBron. And if he's willing to do that to LeBron, then, then you know, just like you said, he will be totally fine doing that to acquire Paul George. Great stuff, man. Greg Swartz here, uh, NBA writer for, for Bleacher Report. Follow him on Twitter, Greg Swartz BR. Um, I know you touched on the Jazz a little bit um, when, when comparing to them to the Suns. But just in your mind, how legit are the Jazz, Greg? I mean, are, are they conference finals legit? Are they NBA finals legit if the things break? Obviously, like everything else, Donovan Mitchell, the injuries, that's going to be a big part. What are your thoughts on the Jazz? Yeah, I think you kind of hit it. I mean, it's, a lot of it's going to depend on Donovan Mitchell. It's not like, you know, he doesn't have a, a LeBron-like impact or whatever where okay, if LeBron doesn't play, the Lakers don't have a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, if Donovan Mitchell doesn't play, the Jazz still have a chance. Um, you know, obviously, he's, he's the leading scorer for that team. Uh, he was, you know, just tremendous in the first round of the playoffs last year, averaging about 35 points per game. Um, you know, and he has, he has an ankle injury now, too. So that's going to be a big part for Utah. However, I think they have so much talent, and they're so spread out there, and they have such a good defense. Um, number one rated defense in the league this year uh, per cleaning the glass. Uh, I, I think that they can win, you know, they can win a game 100 to 95 if they need to. Um, and if you have Bogdanovich and Jordan Clarkson, another guy that I covered in Cleveland, um, Mike Conley, any of those guys can go for 20-plus points, you know, on any given night. Or, you know, Clarkson's a guy that can get you 30 or 40 uh, some nights if he gets hot as well. So uh, Mitchell's injury is obviously a concern. I don't think they're, you know, they, they won't even sniff the NBA Finals if he's not healthy. But, you know, that's a team that, you know, depending on who they play in the first round, I, I think they're going to win in four or five games, um, you know, unless it's a healthy Lakers team. But if they get a Warriors team, if they get a, a Grizzlies or Spurs team, whoever it may be, uh, I think, you know, they're, they're definitely going to come out of the first round this year like they should have done last year. Um, Rudy Gobert, we had to do our awards picks for Bleacher Report. I, I was in charge of picking defense player of the year. Um, for all the talk that Ben Simmons got this year, and he, he was excellent on defense, Gobert was by far, man, if, if you look at all the defensive metrics, if you look at, um, you know, if you watch jazz games and you just see the impact he has just by being there, just the fear that guys have of, of driving into the lane because he's there and you know he's, He's seven foot two and has that, you know, seven nine wingspan or whatever it is, and led the NBA in block shots, and just has a terrific opponent field goal percentage at the rim. Um, for me, he was easily the defensive player of the year, and uh, I'm 
being from Ohio, I'm obviously a big Mike Conley fan mm-hmm. from his, his days at Ohio State, and just the tremendous season he had as well. So um, uh, that's a veteran team. It's a team that's playoff tested now. Uh, obviously, it's going to depend on on Donovan Mitchell's ankle, but that's a team that again, you know, we talked about the Clippers and the Lakers having the talent to win an NBA championship. I think the Jazz are right there because of that defense, and I think their scoring is good enough. Um, there's very few teams that I think could win a title, but I, I'd throw Utah in there as well. Yeah, I, I love that pick uh, of Rudy Gobert. And sometimes I think he doesn't get the attention he deserves because he's in Utah, because he's more of a traditional big, doesn't step out and shoot the three ball. But he really is phenomenal, and he's helped this team a bunch win Donovan's mid out. And two things that we know in the playoffs, if you can play defense and if you can get hot from behind the heart, the arc, you have a chance, and, and Utah can do both of those. Um, Greg Schwartz here, Bleacher Report, NBA writer, um, does a great job. I want to flip over to the East here. We really enjoy having you on, man. And I, I just look, the East is interesting to me. And I just, are, are they, uh, Greg, are the Bucks going to do it again, man? They, they had the Heat. Is it going to happen again? Are they going to end up collapsing against the Heat? Or is it different this year? I, I personally think it feels different, but it's hard to just say it is because. Again, we got to see him in the playoffs. What What are your thoughts on the Bucks? Can they move forward this year? Man, I I really, you know, I I shouldn't root for one team or the other, but I want Milwaukee to beat Miami so bad, just because, you know, I I watched a superstar play for a small market team mm-hmm. who left that small market yeah. team twice, <laughs> and I love Giannis signed an extension with Milwaukee, and I just thought, how cool is that, that, you know, arguably the best player in the league is saying, nope, I don't want to go to L.A., I don't want to go to New York, I want to stay here and continue to build, and I just, I want to see that rewarded, I do, I, I, I think it's better when you don't have all these stars flocking to the big markets, and you have, you know, franchises like Milwaukee and Cleveland and these, these small market teams do well, so I, I would love to see Milwaukee beat Miami. Um, obviously, the big change is, you know, the Bucks have Drew Holiday now, yeah. uh, which is extremely important. Holiday, you know, has has just had tremendous playoff performances in the back in the previously in his career. If you look back to, you know, New Orleans when he was shutting down Damian Lillard and and CJ McCollum in, in their first round series a couple years ago, and he's just such a terrific player on both ends of the ball. Um, uh, Milwaukee too, I, I think, and they didn't do this a lot in the regular season. I would love to see them use Giannis as their center mm. because he has the size and he has the strength. And if you put four shooters around him, I just think that would be such just an, an incredibly difficult lineup to try to guard. And you know, you have a guy in PJ Tucker now that can play the four when Giannis is at the five. You put Middleton out there, Divincenzo, Drew Holiday. I just think that would be such a devastating lineup they could use. Um, but Miami scares me because, I mean, we, we looked at them last year, same thing. They were the underdogs. Um, they can obviously turn it on as needed. Jimmy Butler is absolutely the alpha that can lead that team. Um, you know, Tyler Hero, he he didn't have the season a lot of people thought he would. I know because he was on my fantasy basketball team. <laughs> he just did not produce the way uh, some of, some people, including myself, thought he was going to do. So, uh, you know, is he going to get hot in the playoffs again? Because if you bring a guy like Hero off the bench and he scores 30 points like he can do, Milwaukee doesn't have anybody that can do that. So 
if you're looking just starting lineup, I think the Bucks are just you know overwhelm them with talent. But if you go seven, eight, even nine deep, I think Miami's got a really good chance in this. So I, I hope Milwaukee wins. I really do, just to see you know Giannis rewarded for for signing that contract. But man, I, Miami's so tough. You can't you can't bet against them. I, I'm with you, man. When I saw the final draw come out and I saw what was happening with they, they had a chance to get the two seed and, and when it didn't happen and I, I saw Miami, I just immediately, I, I felt for Giannis. I, I hope it's different. I hope you're right because I actually think that, and this brings me to my next question, if the Bucks do get past Miami, it's a huge confidence booster. They're already an extremely talented team. They just needed to be able to do it in the playoffs and you do it against a team like Miami you had great success against the Nets in the season, in the regular season. I mean, they could keep it rolling and really end up doing something in the playoffs if they can just get past a really well-coached and talented team in, in Miami. Which brings me to the Nets. Um, are they clearly the the, the clear-cut, has-to-be favorites coming out of the East in your eyes? Or do you like the 76ers who, I, I don't know, for some reason it feels like they're not getting talked about enough right now before the playoffs start, but... Um, maybe that's just what, what I'm listening to and hearing. But overall, are, are the Nets, they, they just it's hard to bet against them for you right now? Or do you actually think because of the injuries, the lack of continuity, maybe the Bucks or the 76ers could possibly come out of the East instead? I, I still would pick Brooklyn to come out of the East. Um, I mean, Milwaukee's got a really, yeah, if Milwaukee beats Miami, then they have to beat Brooklyn. <laughs> assuming Brooklyn wins, I think we can assume Brooklyn Obviously, they have defensive issues at times. Like you said, there's a lack of continuity there. 
but I think this is one of those, it's one of those Boston situations where, yes, they've been thrown together, and yes, they haven't taken their playoff lumps together, but there's so much postseason experience there already, and there are three guys that are unselfish enough to make it work that, that if, if they're, obviously they didn't play much together during the regular season, that's my team to come out of the East. I picked Brooklyn to make the finals before the season started, before they added James Harden. Okay. Wow. So certainly after they get a guy like Harden, uh, yeah, I, I think Brooklyn's kind of come out of the East. And like I said, I, I would still take a, a Lakers team with a healthy LeBron to come out of the West. Yeah, that that's that's a great point, and I, I love the reference to to um, Boston. You can also even look at LeBron's Heat team in the second year. They they kind of came together to decide. Okay, you know LeBron's clearly the one to lead it. I, I think that's an awesome point. Uh, Greg Schwartz here. Uh, we'll get you out of here. On a couple more questions. I, I want to turn to Cleveland. I I know that they're not in the playoffs, but. I loved the NBA. I, I loved when LeBron was in Cleveland. I loved Kevin Love playing with LeBron. And I just want to ask you, because you clearly know the team so well. You follow the team. You cover the team. You live there. Um, what, what, is, what is Kevin Love's status in Cleveland moving forward? Is, do you see him being there much longer um, with, the way the, with the way the team is trending, which is my next part of it? Where is this team going? Colin Sexton, he, he seems like a great player. He's a great scorer. Are they going to build around here? Just give us your, your thoughts on Cleveland and Kevin Love before we get you out of here. Yeah, um, I mean, this is the, geographically, this is the closest team to me. This is the team I grew up, you know, kind of cheering for. And I was the, I was the Cavs lead writer at Bleach Report for four years um, when they had that position, um, when they were, you know, going to the finals every year. So this is the team that I, I pay the closest attention to there. And I say this with confidence. There is no trade that exists for Kevin Love. There is none. Um, you know, I would say maybe the only contract that's worse than his right now would be John Wall. And John Wall still averaged 20 points per game oh, yeah. this year. And, and was, you know, played a, a decent amount of games for, you know, a major injury that he was coming off of. Love got hurt. The second game of the season, mm-hmm. <laughs> he said he was going to be out for three to four weeks. This dude missed about three months. <laughs> like he was in no hurry to come back. Um, and he had a strained calf injury. And then I'm watching these games. Uh, the game that they came back against Brooklyn. It was the first game with James Harden. And I'm watching him. He's on the line, and like teammates are like jumping on his back as Colin Sexton's hitting threes to send the game to overtime. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Now, how sore is this guy's calf injury if, uh, if we got teammates jumping on his back? Darius Garland is jumping on this guy's back, and he's just like, oh, yeah, no problem. Like, like how bad is this injury? Um, and it was the same thing two years ago when they were clearly tanking, and it was like, all right, we're, we're clearly not in a hurry to get Kevin Love back. Um, he averaged about 12.7 rebounds. He, he did his final game. He had 30 points. And like 14 rebounds or something against the Celtics. And I was like, oh, yeah, that was the Kevin Love we've been looking for. And then the Cavs fans were mad at it because it kind of screwed up the tanking because they beat Boston. <laughs> um, and so it was like, oh, thanks, Kevin. You didn't do anything all year. Now you're going to come out and drop 30. Um, I, I don't think a trade exists for him. I think we're going to go down the same road with Blake Griffin in Detroit where it's like, look, mm. you don't want to be here. We're clearly going in a different direction. Just give him that money back, and we'll we'll work out some sort of buyout. Kevin Love's contract—it's not the worst you've ever seen. It's like thirty-one and a half next year, 
And then the year after that, it actually dips down to 28 and a half. So it's like two years and 60. Mm-hmm. So that final year is at 28 and a half. So it's not like a, uh, it's not like a John Wall where it's like 47 in the final year. Sure. So it's not devastating, but it's still pretty bad. Um, I don't, uh, you know, I have racked my brain trying to look for trades where, you know, they take back another bad contract, but it makes more sense. They can't find one. Yeah. So I think, and they don't want to give up assets to move them either, especially for a team that needs draft picks and needs young talent. You don't want to give that up. So I, I would, and this is, this is not reported, but I would guess that those two sides who love Jeff Schwartz as his agent, that they would have buyout talks this offseason. Again, not reported, not sourced, but that, that is my hunch, that that's what's going to happen. Um, I cannot, if they go into another year with him, he, he hasn't been happy there for years. Mm-hmm. He has wanted out for years. They have, and they would be open to trading him if they got a decent offer, but they've been so stubborn about they wanted, you know, a first-round draft pick back, or they wanted a second-round pick, or they wanted a young talent. It was like, okay, I I think you're overvaluing him here. Um, So I think there are going to be buyout talks. Like I said, I don't know if he gets bought out this summer, but I think there's going to at least be talks um, because he just doesn't make sense with the core anymore. Um, That being said, I, I, I I really like Colin. I really like Darius Garland. He took a big step this year. After his rookie year, I think everybody was like, ooh, what's he going to be? But he, he looked really good, averaged about 17-6. and six. Last month of the season, he put up over 20 points per game. Um, Isaac Coral looks like a guy that he, he's never going to average 20 a game, but he's going to guard every position. Mm-hmm. Um, Jared Allen's a restricted free agent. They're going to pay him, I, I would guess, up to $20 million a year just to make sure he comes back and, and that defensive anchor especially when you have two short guards that don't defend anybody in your backcourt, you need Nick. So, um, and Colin Sexton is extension eligible. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, does he get, uh, I, I don't want him to get a max deal. If he gets like a, a Jalen Brown 28 a year, I could live with that. But if, if we're talking max deal, I that's too much for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but the yeah, Cavs are interesting, but like so many teams at the bottom, it's going to depend, you know, do they get that number one pick or do they fall to like, Seven, and they just get another another guy. No doubt, and and really in- interesting on the Kevin Love stuff. It makes total sense what you're saying, and that that probably is what ends up happening, just because the contract and and where he's at with his career. Um, all right, man. Last thing, uh, we'll get you out on here. I know you said Brooklyn Lakers. If both are healthy, that's who you got. So we got to put you on the spot. We got to get a winner before we let you go. Who's winning? The, the 2021 NBA Finals, if, you know, all things go the way we believe, healthy and everything, who you got? If the Bulls healthy and everybody's there, I'm still going to go Lakers. Um, I cannot pick against LeBron if he has a good ankle. And because the Lakers are such a good defensive team. Yeah. And, you know, LeBron gets the headlines. AD gets the headlines. Nobody talks about their defense. They're, they've been a top, you know, two to three defense in the league for the last couple of years when they have their guys. And I think that's a very um, underrated quality of them is, is that defense. So if they're both healthy, and LeBron obviously knows Kyrie and his game very well. He knows Kevin Durant and his game very well. And Brooklyn does not have anybody that can guard Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. Mm-hmm. They don't have anybody that can match up a big. Nick Claxton's not going to do it. Blake Griffin, are you kidding me? Nobody on that team is going to guard Anthony Davis. So 
I, I would still go Lakers. I think it would go the distance. It would go seven games. Um, and as, I mean, that was my preseason pick was Lakers and Brooklyn. I'm going to stick with that. And I refuse to bet against LeBron. Uh, I've seen him do it too many times. I saw him do it last year, uh, when obviously in a tough situation as well in the bubble. So I'll go Lakers over Nets. But again, that, that's assuming that uh, LeBron's ankle holds up. No doubt. And I'll tell you what, uh, the NBA itself would be very, very happy if that is what the finals is. Um, that's a yeah. star-studded finals. I, I know fans would love that. I would love that. Um, that was my pick, too. I would love to see that end up happening. And I, I just hope we get through a, a, a you know a postseason that's everyone's healthy, a lot of good matchups, good games, and, and we'll see what happens. But again, man, uh, Greg Swartz, Follow him on Twitter, at GregSportsVR. Thank you so much. We really do appreciate you taking your time out. Um, and, and I know you got a lot going on, so it means a lot. Thank you, man. Yeah, absolutely. should be a good, uh, good postseason. Can't wait for it. Enjoy the game tonight. It starts off with a great game tonight, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you down the road. Have a great night, Greg. All right. Thanks for having me on. All right, big, big thank you to Greg Swartz for coming on. Again, that was an awesome, awesome interview. What a great, I mean, what a great job he did. A round of applause there for him. I mean, that that was really, really fun to listen to. So, all right, going to take a quick, quick break. When we come down, breaking down the game from last night, Warriors-Lakers, what a game, what a moment by LeBron James. We're talking about it on GSMC Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Kayvon Izami, right after this.